Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, Men on the Frontline's live social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. We're going to talk about something important. We're going to talk about something critical. We're going to talk about how we need to wake up to the solution that God has for us in the earth today. But just before we get into that topic, I've got some announcements for you. Mark your calendars for February 18th through the 20th. Next year, our Man Camp East Coast 2021 event is kicking off. I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to get out. I am ready to do a little traveling, and I'm ready to hang out with a great group of guys. Join us in Rose Hill, North Carolina for a Man Camp East Coast 2021 event. February 18th through the 20th. I'll be there. Brad Carter will be there. Ben Hughes will be there. By the way, Ben Hughes is setting the West Coast of the nation on fire with revival right now. So you definitely want to come and gather with us on the East Coast when Ben brings that fire with him. And of course, Brad Carter will bring his amazing apostolic anointing, and I'll be there as well. And we're going to pour into you guys. There'll be mentoring times. There'll be teaching times. There'll be worship times. There'll be fellowship times. But it's going to be a great time with a great group of guys in the great outdoors. So mark your calendars. You can go to menonthefrontlines.com and click the events link so that you can get to the info and registration page. Or if it's easier, simply email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I will get you the link and I'll get you the information. I also want to make sure you know that we've got a Christmas gift for you at roberthodgkin.com. If you go to my website, roberthodgkin.com, there is a free download for you on a very important teaching. It's called You Are God's Plan for the Hour. And it's, a, it's an anointed teaching and it's an important teaching, but it's also a teaching that has the anointing on it to release people into the working of miracles. And we need you out there in every sphere of influence working miracles, working healing miracles, working creative miracles, working solution miracles, working strategies and tactics and download miracles. We need you in the body of Christ, out there working miracles to the glory of our King. So go to roberthodgkin.com and get your free gift for Christmas, the free download of You Are God's Plan for the Hour. I also want to make sure you know to go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel, click on it, subscribe to it, like videos, leave five-star reviews, do everything to help our logarithm. Sorry, I always say logarithm. It's an algorithm. Our brilliant producer, Ben, always corrects me after the fact. 
The algorithm gets improved when you like and subscribe to the videos and to the channel. So go ahead and do that. We've seen a nice increase in our subscribers. When you subscribe, you'll be notified every week when we have new content for you. Makes it simple, makes it easy. It's all organized by playlists, or you can just simply go to the video page and pick and choose from among the hundreds and hundreds of videos that are there for you. Every single episode of Heroes Arise, all the episodes of the shows I've done for God TV, all our Propel episodes, all our prophetic videos, they're all there. They're all for free, and they're all for you. So go to Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and click the subscribe button today and start enjoying all those videos. Also, so we've got the Heroes Arise podcast. Hopefully you're already subscribed to it. If you have not, you can take Heroes Arise with you on your phone, your tablet, your computer, anything that you have a podcast app on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other ones, we are on those apps. Just search for Heroes Arise or Robert Hodgkin and you will find the Heroes Arise podcast and you can take this program with you as an audio feed that's easy to listen to in the car while you're doing chores, whatever it is. So go to your favorite podcast platform, search for Heroes Arise with Robert Hodgkin and subscribe and leave five-star reviews. That's a whole nother algorithm thing as well, but we appreciate your help. You are our marketing department to help us reach even more of the body of Christ to equip and empower and encourage them to arise as the heroes. Not only they were meant to be, but we need them to be in this day and hour. All right, let's get into this week's topic. I am entitling this show, Wake Up to the Solution. My goodness, all we have to do is look around, and I'll say this, I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, it has never been more evident that the world is in desperate need of a kingdom solution in every sphere of influence and every area of society. We know who that solution is, but it's time for us to wake up to what that looks like. We know the solution is Jesus Christ. We know Jesus is our Messiah. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the solution. We know it. But what we have to wake up to is what that's going to look like. You guys have heard me share this so many times. Jesus is not only our Messiah, he's our model. Jesus not only came to restore us to relationship with our Heavenly Father here in the earth, but he also came to show us what that looks like. So here we are, we're 10 days out from Christmas, right? And in the Christmas season, we celebrate the gift, the blessing, the wonder of Emmanuel, the coming of our Messiah, the coming of Jesus, the, the King of glory himself, the Prince of peace himself, stepping out of, out of heaven into the earth to manifest here in earth on our behalf to do for us what we could not do for ourselves to walk a perfect life, to pay the price for our sins, to, to take the punishment of our sins so that we could be absolved of them. They could be as, as far removed as the East is from the West. He came as the propitiation of our sins. We know the Christmas story. We know the Easter story. We know that no one took his life. He gave it for you and for me so we could be restored to our Heavenly Father, the fullness of relationship with him and his kingdom here in the earth. He also came to show us what that looks like. So think about this. Jesus came from heaven and manifested in the earth in a time of great social and political upheaval. 
great religious upheaval, all sorts of stuff was going on in, the, in Israel, in the Roman Empire's uh, uh, possession and occupation of Israel and rule and reign of Israel with the Sadducees, with the Pharisees, with the Sanhedrin. Things were going on politically. Things were going on religiously. Things were going on socially. They were in desperate need of the solution. What was that solution? It was not only Jesus coming into the earth, the Son manifesting on, as the gift of the Father with, with the power of the Holy Spirit to come into the earth. It wasn't just Emmanuel God with us, it was Emmanuel God for us and Emmanuel God as us. It was Jesus to solve the problems in the earth. Jesus manifested into the earth. He manifested in a body to come and be the solution. Well, it's the same today. The body of Christ is going to be the solution in the earth today. Jesus did not manifest in the earth and stay in that little manger with a small group of believers. We know we know Joseph was there. We know Mary were there. We believe there was some livestock there. We, we, we know that there were three wise men who were the only ones to see the star, the only ones to respond to the message of the angels in, what is it, Luke 2. We just as a family watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special this last weekend, and it was so great to share that with my little nieces and nephew. They're five and three and one and a half, and it was so great to share that with them because here it is, a Christmas special as old as I am, and when Linus comes out, when Charlie Brown says, does no one know the true meaning of Christmas? He's wrestling with the commercialization. He's wrestling with the, the, the missing of the reason for the season. It all feels hollow. It all feels empty. It feels like it's about money and bling and lights. And there's nothing wrong with lights. There's nothing wrong with decorations. But we can't lose the reason for the season. And he says, does no one know what the true meaning of Christmas is? And Linus says, I can tell you the meaning, Charlie Brown. And I love it because they're in a theater and the lights, go, the, the lights go out and the spotlight comes on and Linus comes out and he shares out of the Gospel of Luke that the meaning of Christmas is the coming of our Messiah, that angels announce it and there were those who gathered to witness it. But it was a small group of believers that wonderful Noel evening, that wonderful Christmas Eve as it were, that wonderful night of the coming of the Messiah. It was a small group of believers and Jesus came into the earth in a body to a small group of believers, but he did not stay there. He grew in favor with God and with man. He grew in stature. And then he went out into the world to be the solution, not only for each and every one of us, every man, every woman, every child, every nation for every time, but he went out and he brought a solution to every sphere of influence. He went out into the world, and that's what we need to do. Why? Because he is the solution. Right now in our country, I know we have people watching from all over the world, but here in our country, in the United States of America, we're in the midst of a great battle. We're in the midst of a battle between good and evil, between light and dark, between the normalization of wickedness and unrighteousness and sin, and a battle to see a great reformation of God come forth in this nation. One of the areas that's playing out is our political sphere, and we are contending for righteousness, truth, and justice to rule and reign in our election and in our ju executive, judicial, and legislative branches of government. But make no mistake, there is no man who is the ultimate solution. God can work through a man, God can work through a woman, but the ultimate solution in this sphere of influence, even if there is one platform that seems to be more pro-God, pro-church, pro-Israel, pro-life, that it's absolutely okay for us to get excited about, support
support and contend for, but we must wake up to truly the solution is Jesus Christ. Truly solution is the kingdom of God. Truly the solution is God reaching into the earth to bring solutions, to bring strategies, to bring tactics, to bring revival, to bring reformation, to bring a, 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 a generation of heroes of holiness and radicals of righteousness who say no to the normalization of sin and wickedness and unrighteousness and say yes, not out of legalism, not out of religion, but out of a love for God and a trust in His will and His way and His word because each of us has seen in our lives what the coming of Messiah has done for us and then we wake up to the truth that Messiah not only wants to come for us, He wants to come in us and through us and raise us up as the body of Christ in the earth to be the solution. The Son, who was the gift of the Father, who came in the power of the Holy Spirit, came in a body, came in a physical form to invade this physical realm and bring kingdom solutions to every single part of the world, all of creation and everyone in it. The solution is still Jesus Christ in every sphere of influence. Jesus was the Word made flesh. The solution is still an alignment with the will, the way, and the Word of God. I want to talk about that for a second. I had a very interesting conversation with someone um, about a week and a half ago. And we were talking through some of the issues of the day and some of the political issues and some of the social issues and some of the things that we can see of the normalization of or, uh, sin and wickedness and unrighteousness. And as we were talking through what Scripture tells us, this person said to me, well, but this is my truth. And I listened, but then I said, I, I need to talk to you about something. One of the great lies of Satan in the earth today is this concept of my truth. There's no such thing as my truth. Now, there's my opinion, there's my thoughts, there's my perspective, there's my experiences, and those all need to be looked at. But there's no such thing as my truth. There is only him who is truth, and that truth is expressed through the will, the way, and the word of God. Jesus was the way, the life, and the truth. And Jesus is the word made flesh, according to John 1. So we have to, especially inside the church, I get why in society people are saying, well, this is my truth, so if it's true to me, it's okay. We have to see that this has been a battle since long before this era, I mean, my goodness, Pilate in the Gospels, Jesus Christ, him who was the way, the life, and the truth, stands before Pilate, and they're having a conversation that can bring solutions to that era, and Pilate looks at Jesus and says, what is truth? Because Pilate's part of the Roman Empire, he's part of the Roman occupation, Pilate has experienced what that's like, and basically, Whoever's in charge or whoever's made the decision that day, they'll tell you what's true for that day if you're a Roman citizen. No, that's not the truth. That's, we, that's Orwellian. That's satanic. That's Luciferian. That's a lie. That's manipulation. This idea of my truth is a lie. Each and every one of us, every moment of every day, have the same decision to make that was before Pilate. Will we recognize him who is truth? Will we recognize the truth of God, the Word made flesh that we can not only know personally because of Messiah, but we can know each and every moment because of the Word of God. If our feelings, if our experiences, if our thoughts, if our perspective don't line up with what God says in His Word, that's not my truth, that's a lie. That's a manipulation, that's a trap. That's a temptation, and we must not give place to it. Isn't it interesting, right after uh, Pilate looks at him who is truth, the Word made flesh, 
and has the living word standing before him and is not able to read it and receive it and come into agreement with it, isn't it interesting that he goes out and he says, all right, here's the decision to make today. Or, uh, you have a decision to make, church of God, people of Israel. You have a decision to make today. Because of this day, because of this holiday, we release one person. You can choose to have Barabbas loosed or you can have Jesus loosed. And he even says, I see nothing wrong with Jesus. I don't understand the hubbub over this. I don't understand why you, you know, you're, you're, you're all bent out of shape over this guy. He seems fine to me. He's done nothing wrong. And they cry out that they want Barabbas loose. Now, here's something you may not have realized. Think about what that is. We can, Barabbas, what does that mean? Bar means son of in, in I can't remember if it's the Aramaic or the, 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 the Hebrew, but in that culture, in that day, bar meant son of. Remember when Jesus says on, uh, on, in Matthew 16 to uh, Simon, he says, oh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon bar Jonah. He says that to Peter, who um, is, is Simon, son of Jonah. Simon bar, son of Jonah. So bar means son of, and then we have Abba. Bar Abbas. Abba is Father God. So Barabbas' name means son of the Father. Jesus is the son of the Father. So Barabbas represents a son who has become wicked. He's a murderer. He's a criminal. He's given place to the flesh. Over and over and over again, he said, ah, I'm going to go by my feelings. I'm going to go by, 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 by my perspective. I'm going to go by my emotions. I'm going to go by what feels good to me in the moment. I'm going to go by my truth. And we decided in that moment to loose that instead of him who is truth. We're faced with that decision every moment of every day, but my goodness, are we faced with that decision in our society today? What are we going to lose? Are we going to lose him who is truth? Are we going to believe the lie of my truth based on my feelings, my perspective, my flesh, my carnal desires, where I want to compromise, where I don't want to line up with the will, the way, the truth of God's word? We need to recognize that we are the body of Christ in the earth, church, we can understand why the world wrestles with these things, but it's time for us to grab hold of the plumb line of the truth of God's word and him who is truth, his character and his nature. It's time that we grab hold of the truth of God's word and him who is truth, our safe place. It's time that we stop using this lie of my truth to compromise his truth. This isn't religion. This isn't legalism. This is the solution. We are the solution. And I said that. You heard me say that. We are the solution. But understand this. I mean that because we, not the world, we, the church, are the body of Christ in the earth today. He is still the solution. Absolutely. Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, King of Glory, Lord Invincible in Battle. Him who is the Word made flesh. Him who is the way, the life, and the truth. He is absolutely the solution. But He lives in us and He wants to live through us. Every area of society is desperate for the kingdom's solutions to be brought into them, to be lived out, to be modeled, to be put on display. Nations are longing for us to do what Jesus commissioned and empowered us to do in Matthew 28, to disciple nations. How do we do that? 
We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that. Do you know that word name, when you break that down in the Greek, it can be translated as the character. Isn't it interesting that he doesn't say go and baptize them in the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can translate that as go and baptize them in the character and nature of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How? By teaching them to obey what I have told you. In other words, go and be an expression of him who is truth. Go and baptize the nations by living an uncompromised life, not out of religion, not out of legalism, not out of self-righteousness, not to get something from God we don't have, but to be his solution in the earth as the body of Christ because we do have him and hopefully he has us. Hopefully, we're willing to not only say, I have my Messiah, I have salvation, I have eternal life, I have Jesus living inside of me, but hopefully we can not only say he has us, that, that, that we have him, hopefully we can also be an expression of the truth that he has us, that we're willing to align with his will, his word, and his ways. Jesus himself in the earth wrestled with this at times. Remember when he said in the garden, Father, my soul is sorely vexed. If there's any way to take this cup of suffering from my lips, please do so, but not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because Jesus was in a battle for all creation, for every man, every woman, every child, for all time. A battle bigger than any of us will ever face because he himself was the body of Christ in the earth. And yes, he was fully God. Absolutely. There's only one Messiah. We're not Messiah. But because of Messiah, now we are the body of Christ in the earth. And thankfully, we get to shoulder this all together because none of us, even in him probably, all we can do all things through Christ, but even in him, it's quite possible that none of us are big enough or strong enough, even in him, to do this on our own. The good news is we don't do it on our own. We do it with him and we do it together. We do it in unity. Let's stop attacking each other. Let's stop maligning each other. Let's stop criticizing one another, especially when we disagree. Let's be in unity. If nothing else, unity can look like us not being against one another. If you disagree with what I'm saying today, so be it. I may disagree with something you say, but I'm not going to be against you. I'm not going to malign you. I'm not going to criticize you. If we have a relationship, we might have a discussion. But that's a good thing because we process through together and come into unity. We are the body of Christ in the earth today. Jesus himself said, Father, this is so challenging. It's a challenge for my soul. So much pressure against the decision, the decision portion of, of how you made man. Because that's what the soul is. It's the place of volition. It's where we choose whether or not we're going to agree with the eternal truth of God's word when the rubber meets the road. It's where we choose whether or not when our flesh cries out for something easier or simpler or compromise, where we choose to continue to say, but not my will, Father, your will be done. That's what brings the kingdom solution. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, our King, our Messiah, our propitiation for our sins. He came into the earth to do it for every single one of us, for all creation, for all time, for every man, every woman, every child. There's never been a hero. There's never been a champion. There's never been anyone like Jesus Christ in this earth. But because of him, now we can arise together as the body of Christ. We can arise together in him, with him, and for him. And in his strength, to his glory and by the power of his Holy Spirit, we can grab hold of the grace of God to live an uncompromised life. Not to get something from God we don't have, not to earn brownie points and blessings, but because God has given us everything, 
Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given unto us in Christ Jesus. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is ours, and it grows exponentially as we grow in our knowledge of who he is, what he's done, and all that he's blessed us with. That's Ephesians 1.3 and 2 Peter 1.3. We have to wake up to that. We're not missing anything. We're not lacking anything. If we don't see it yet, it's simply because it hasn't fully manifested inside of space and time. But that's part of the role we play here. Because when we break something open, it's not just for ourselves. We're the body of Christ. We're breaking it open for all of creation and every man, every woman, every child, everywhere. All to the glory of Jesus Christ. It's never been more important to not only be in the Word of God, not only be reading and studying the Word of God, but be grabbing hold of it. It's never been more important for each and every one of us to have God. I know my wife and I, we often have said in this year, as we've reflected on the incredible goodness of God who has seen us and our family through this year of, yes, challenges, but also historic opportunities, incredible blessings in the midst of great challenges. But God has been so faithful to us. We've often said to one another, we need to pray for those who don't know Jesus like never before because I don't know how anyone's getting through this without the security, without the safety, without the certainty of Jesus Christ in our lives. So we've been praying a lot for those who do not yet know Jesus. And I'm so grateful for the power-packed revivalists and evangelists who are out on the road in some of the most challenging areas. You know, Darren Stott was with us on the show last week, and he took teams right down into Seattle, the, the center of Seattle, where the Chaz and Chop rebellions were going on. And they were sharing Jesus and working miracles and seeing so many led to the Lord. Ben Hughes, one of our leaders of Men on the Front Lines, he and his wife Jody and their daughters are, are out in California right now doing incredible tent meetings, revival meetings, and so many souls are getting saved and the presence is manifesting. If you're in California, go, and, uh, go online to Poured Out Ministries and find where the next series of meetings will be and go to them because God is manifesting there. Why? Because Ben and Jody know, Darren knows, it's never been more important to get souls saved, not only for their eternal salvation, but so they know that they can lean into God in these challenging times and truly see something amazing happen. I've been meditating on the Israelites going through the desert. We live here. We're in our, we're in our uh, Men on the Front Lines Global Studios here today in Maricopa, Arizona. I'm coming to you live. And here in the desert, um, you can look around in the desert, and it looks barren, because it is. It's a desert. But isn't it interesting? God could have led Israel across anything to bring them into the Promised Land, but he intentionally led them across a desert. Why? Because in the desert, there's almost no support or sustenance or safety in the natural. It's hot, it's barren, it's incredibly lacking in resources. The desert times are not a times of lack or, 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 or uh, devastation. They're times of seeing God show up in incredible ways. God manifested every single day in the desert, every single day, sustenance, manna from heaven every single day. One of the, quite possibly the greatest manifestation of God's presence the natural world has ever seen. Cloud by day, every day. Fire by night, every night. Can you imagine every day getting up, getting in your car to drive to work, and yes, we will be going back to work. I believe our nation has to open back up. I'm, I'm declaring it will. I'm doing that by faith getting back in our cars, driving to work, and seeing every morning as we come out of the house, or even simply to come out of the house now to pick up the, nobody gets newspapers anymore, but to get the mail, Let's, we still get mail, to get the mail. 
and seeing a towering manifestation of God's presence that is a cloud by day and going out at night. Last night when I was talking to my wife, because I came down here, we were doing media. We wrapped up our um, uh, Victoria Soul School in the Philippines. We did it for five weeks. Last night was the last night after that was done, because I was down here to do the streaming media for that, to stream into the Philippines with it on Zoom. We had a great time. And by the way, if you want to host that school or any other school in your in your church or, or Bible study or group, um, we can do that through Zoom. We, ha- we had amazing things happen. E- email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. We'll schedule that for you. But um, I called Yuri when we finished up to catch up with her and talk and, and, you know, connect. And while we were doing it, it had been trash day here in Maricopa, so I walked outside to get the bins and bring them in in the dark. Imagine if I'd gone outside and there was the massive pillar of fire, an incredible manifestation of God's presence. That time in the wilderness, in the desert, was not a time of lack. It was a time of seeing God show up in profound and supernatural ways. We are in a very challenging time in the natural. It's a desert time, a wilderness time here in the natural because of what's going on politically and socially in so many ways, economically with COVID-19 and all of this stuff going on around the world. But this is not a time of devastation or lack. This is a time of seeing God show up in incredible ways. So it's more important than ever that each and every one of us know that we have God. But I am telling you, if we're going to see this world transformed, we need to let God know He has us. Not only that we have Him to see us through these challenging times, to show up for us in these challenging times, to bless us in these challenging times, but then we knowing we have the fullness of His goodness, knowing we have everything pertaining to life and godliness, and He's showing up in amazing and profound ways for each and every one of us in this season because, hey, we are still here. And we are going to heaven when we get to go home. And we are having our needs met. God is showing up. This is such an important time to give thanks to God for where you're seeing him. And I love to give thanks to God where I'm not seeing him. Because I love when he's moving in ways I'm not yet aware of. Because that means he's up to something exceedingly abundantly beyond my ability to ask think or comprehend. So I thank him not only for what I've seen him do, but I thank him for all the things he's doing that I'm not aware of yet. Such an important time that we have God that we know we have God, but it's also a really important time for us to tell God, you have us. We thank you that you're here for us, Father, but we want you to know we're here for you. We're waking up to the truth that we are your solution in the earth. It's Jesus, it's your Son, it's your Holy Spirit, it's you, God, you get all the glory, but we are now the body of Christ in the earth. I love in my 1996 New Living Translation, the end of uh, 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 Jesus' time in the desert, it says, and the devil left him for a more opportune time. We all know this story. Holy Spirit leads him out there. He wins the battle for a mind, will, and emotions. He wins the battle in the soul realm, the place of volition. He decides, he wins the battle that was lost in the Garden of Eden. He decides not to doubt God, not to separate from God, not to, to, to make his own way, but continue to live according to the truth of God's word. What's that very first temptation? If you are a son, turn these stones to bread because you've been hungry for 40 days and thirsty for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil wants to tempt him to say, God's not showing up for you. The Father's not showing up for you. You better take care of yourself. You better rebel. This time it's not eating the apple. This time it's turning those stones to bread. You better take care of yourself because look at your circumstances that are right now. Look in the now. It doesn't look and feel like your father's taking care of you, is he? Doubt that you're a son. Doubt that he's good. Doubt that you have him in these challenges. And Jesus says this, man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. Now we know that means we can count on the Word of God, that it's eternally true, it's eternally for us, and it will come forth. The Word of God, according to Isaiah 55:11, never returns void. It accomplishes all that it is sent to do. It always bears fruit. But this is even more profound when we realize what the last words that were proceeded from the Father's mouth to Jesus. They were this, Behold, my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. See, Jesus was saying, I am not going to let my revelation of my heavenly Father and His goodness be determined by my temporary circumstances. I'm going to let my revelation of my Father and the fullness of His goodness for me impact my circumstances, not the other way around. My circumstances won't impact my revelation of my Father and my sonship and the certainty that He's given all and that I have all. I'm going to let that revelation impact my circumstances. And then they go through the other temptations. If you are a son, if you are a son. Then the last temptation was, um, bow before me and I will give you all the kingdoms of all the earth. Worship me. And Jesus says, Worship none but the Lord my God. He says, I shall not tempt the Lord my God. I will only worship the Lord my God, my Father in heaven. What was that final temptation? The first two were, if you are a son, if you are a son, doubt that the Father is good. Doubt that the Father has you. And Jesus says no and quotes scripture back to him, saying, I can, I can trust the word of God more than I can trust my temporary circumstances. In other words, he's saying, don't tell me my truth is my temporary circumstances. There's no such thing as my truth. There's the truth, my Father in his word, and it can be trusted, especially when things don't look and feel like they line up with the eternal truth. They will, because I refuse to not believe that eternal truth, because I won't exchange my perspective, my experience, my now for the eternal truth of God and his word. And then that final temptation was this. Worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. What did Jesus come for? All the kingdoms of all the world. So what was the temptation? The temptation was to receive the promise without the process. And Jesus knows it doesn't work that way. There's a purpose to the process as much as there is a certainty to the promise. So Jesus said, no, I shall not worship you. There's no shortcuts with God. I'm not here for me. I'm here for the whole wide world. I'm here for my father. Not to earn something from my Father I don't have, but to operate fully in all that the Father has blessed me with and sent me for. I know that not only do I have the Father in my now, but the Father has me in this earth. That's what we need to wake up to, church. That's what we need to wake up to, body of Christ. We are being presented with quite possibly the greatest opportunity in the history of the church. Certainly in my time of being a Christian for the last 18 years. Never before have we had such a historic and glorious opportunity to not only grab hold of God, but to walk with Him, to grab hold of His Word, to grab hold of His truth, to grab hold of His glory and grace, to walk as heroes of holiness, radicals of righteousness, because we're the body of Christ in the earth. Again, that's not religion. That's not legalism. That's not a recipe to get something from God we don't have. It's the revelation of identity and opportunity of why we're in the earth today. Jesus Christ is absolutely the solution in every sphere of influence in every area of society. But we need to wake up that when he wants to deal with the things in the world, he doesn't want us. He didn't say, here's the Great Commission. Now that you know me, 
now that you've connected to my Father and His kingdom here in the earth, hang out in church. Absolutely go to church. Do not forsake the gathering together of the saints because we go to church and we worship together and we praise God together and we lean into the Word together and we fellowship and we get, we get, we get trained up, we get, we get taught, we get discipled in not only what the Word of God says but how to live it out. And then we go out into the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand and then put that kingdom on display. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And you know what? It's the same for go into government, go into media, go into business, go into the school system, bring kingdom solutions. When Jesus wanted to change things in a dark world of a political and social turmoil, and religious turmoil, he didn't do it from afar. He manifested in the body of man to impact with kingdom solutions, kingdom wisdom, kingdom strategies, kingdom power here in the earth as a man. That's why we are the body of Christ in the earth. But we need to wake up to that. We need to wake up to what that means and how we do it. And the number one way we do it is we not only know that we have God to see us through these seasons, to bless us in these seasons, but we let God know He has us, that we're reporting for duty, that we're willing, that we're able, not by might, not by power, but by His Holy Spirit, that we are the body of Christ in the earth. So when Jesus finished those temptations, it says in my 1996 New Living, the devil withdrew until there was a more opportune time. I personally don't think he had an, never had an opportunity again with Jesus during Jesus' time in the earth because the Holy Spirit led Jesus as a man into that encounter to win that battle for us that we lost in the Garden of Eden, choosing not to rebel, choosing not to disobey the Word of God, but submitting to the Word of God and seeing the enemy defeated because of it. I believe the more opportune time that the devil withdrew for is now is when we're the body of Christ in the earth. I don't think he got another opportunity when Jesus was obviously the body of Christ in the earth, but we need to wake up to we are the body of Christ in the earth. And if that sounds heretical or sacrilegious to you, I remind you that the word of God says we're the body of Christ. Jesus himself in John 14, 12 said that we are to do the works that he did in even greater works. Now, that doesn't mean we're Messiah. Absolutely not. And you certainly would not want me to be your Messiah. And I love you. I believe in the role you have to play here on the earth, but I don't want you to be my Messiah. I have a Messiah, and he's brilliant at it. His name is Jesus Christ, and he was the solution in my life. He's the solution in your life. He's the solution in every life, and he's the solution in every sphere of influence. But church, we need to wake up. We need to wake up that the way he deals with things in social, political, religious turmoil is he invades those things through a body. It's him, it's his wisdom, it's his power, it's his presence, it's his personality, it's him, but he does it through a body. That's who we are. We are the body of Christ in the earth. That's why he, he not only went to the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we could once again have relationship with our Heavenly Father, but He did it so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. If He hadn't paid the price for our sins, not only would we not go to heaven, but we wouldn't be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to think about that. What is this incredible gift that He gives us? It's not only the Spirit of God. 
It's not only the power of God. It's not only the counsel of God. It's not only the parakletos of God who comes alongside of us and comforts us. It is the Holy Spirit of God. That's not religious. That's not legalism. That's a revelation that he has filled us with his Holy Spirit so that we, by his power and in his grace, have the ability to be heroes of holiness and radicals of righteousness. Not out of religion, not out of earn something we don't have, but to walk fully in the transformational power to be his solution in the earth. So we need to wake up to this, and this is a great time for each and every one of us in our prayer time to say, Lord, I'm so grateful that I have you in this season. I'm so grateful that I have you in this hour. I'm so grateful that I've had you this year. I'm so grateful for your blessing. I'm so grateful that you've seen me through to this point, and he has because we're here together now talking about this and giving him glory and honor and praise. But we need to let him know in this hour, and Father, you have me. I'm reporting for duty. Not sure what it's going to look like, but whatever sphere of influence you want me to invade, I'll go. And Lord, help me read your word every day like it's the very first time. Help me see your truth, the truth in the word. And Lord, anywhere there's been compromise in me, anywhere I've lived according to my truth, I realize that's a lie. There's no such thing as my truth. Anywhere I've allowed my experience, my perspective, my circumstances, my feelings, my thoughts to twist or pervert or come out of alignment with your truth. I repent, I apologize, and right now I'm coming back into alignment with that. Right now, by your grace and by your power, I am willing to show up and be a hero of holiness, a radical of righteousness, and go out there and be your solution. So. I wanted to share that word of encouragement with you. I wanted to share a bit of that prophetic message with you. I know that one of the things God has been doing this whole year is waking us up as his remnant and his church, waking us up with the Second Chronicles 714 model. So many wonderful believers around the world have been a part of our Firewall USA effort. Thank you. God bless you. You've had a radical, radical impact. We are continuing to pray. I know we launched that from July 4th to the election day, but we made the decision, and hopefully you've heard um, on our uh, uh, Firewall USA Facebook page or or the video that Patricia King put out, or um, for those of you who have been in alignment or in, in agreement with me in our group, the Men on the Frontlines group that I've been sending out updates to, I want to thank each and every one of you who said yes to continuing to pray. I've continued to pray, but God woke us up. He woke up a remnant and helped us see what a critical hour it was and that we could grab hold of the blueprint of 2 Chronicles 7.14 to humble ourselves to pray, to seek his face, to turn from our wicked ways. In other words, come into alignment and operate as heroes of holiness, radicals of righteousness, beginning with saying yes to the word of God, aligning with the word of God and the blueprint and the strategy of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and then walking it out. Because we did. We humbled ourselves. We prayed 24-7 prayer around the clock, day after day, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, because we humbled ourselves. We knew we needed him. We knew he'd given us a plan. We said yes to it, and we chose to walk it out. We humbled ourselves. We prayed. We sought his face. We sought fresh revelation. We sought fresh encouragement, fresh strength, and we turned from anywhere in our lives. God was showing us that we needed to align. Why? 
so that then we could come into a place of identificational repentance on behalf of our nation. So when we saw any compromise in our life, not that God was mad at us and wanted to smite us for it, but he wanted to help us move away from it and come out of alignment with our truth, come into alignment with his truth, not so we get something we don't have, but we step back into that place of authority and living out the fullness of the blessing and authority and power in the earth of everything he's already given us. So we've had that. I want to thank each and every one of you who said yes to that. God is continuing to wake up his remnant. And as we pray, he's continuing to wake up his church. Because what he wants to wake us up to now more than ever is he wants us to wake up to the fact that we're the body of Christ in the earth. That we have the mind of Christ, the heart of the Father, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That we can go into every sphere of influence and live from and counsel from and bring solutions from the word of God that never returns void, that accomplishes all that it's sent to do and always bears fruit. Go into government. Go into school systems. Go into business. Go into arts and entertainment. Go into the church. Go into your marriage, your family, and bring God's truth, God's word, God's will, God's way. Live according to it. Because, again, one last time, that's not legalism. That's not religion. That is walking in authority and power in a revelation of your identity as a son of God and bride of Christ. And as you do that, you become his solution. It's him. It's all to his glory. It's all to his credit. But we get to live it out. We get to co-labor with him be his disciples, be an expression of his solution as the body of Christ in the earth. That's who you are. That's what you've been remade by the blood of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that is the incredible historic opportunity that you and all of us in the body of Christ are being woken up to. Isn't it interesting that there's this whole thing in woke culture in the world? And what is it? Woke culture is simply an embracing from a compassionate heart, I believe, but a twisting and perverting of the normalization of sin, wickedness, and unrighteousness. Woke culture is a perverted version that the enemy twists, usually from a beautiful, compassionate heart for the marginalized, the disenfranchised, the, the non-represented, and we need to be there for them. We need to love them. We need to meet them exactly where they are, just like Jesus is willing to do. Yet we don't, help them continue on in sin, we help them come to know Jesus and allow him to do a great work in them and through them. Woke culture is a perversion of the enemy of what God wants to do by awaking his church and helping us wake up to the reality that we are the body of Christ in the earth. And when we choose him who is truth, when we walk who him who is truth, when we get into his word and say yes to his will and his ways and we come into alignment, we become his solution in the earth as the body of Christ. That's who you are. That's what you're called to. That's the historic opportunity you have. So thank you for being with me again this week for Heroes Arise. I hope you are getting ready for a very, very Merry Christmas as we celebrate that God loves to come into even dark, tumultuous times on the political front, the social front, government front, even the church front. But he invades it through men and women, to bring his solution in the earth. So thanks for being with me again this week. Have a very, very 
Merry Christmas. We've got another show for you next week, and then we've got a holiday break, but then we'll be back with you in the new year. So thanks for being with me this week. We've got another Heroes Arise for you next week. Don't forget to mark your calendars February 18th through the 20th for Man Camp East Coast 2021 in Rose Hill, North Carolina. It's going to be awesome. I want to see you there. Email me if you have any questions. Don't forget to go to roberthodgkin.com and get an early Christmas present from me, a free download of the teaching right there on the homepage. It's an MP3 download. I think it's MP3. It's an audio download. It'll come right to your computer or your tablet or your phone. And then, of course, go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. And if you're a podcast listener, I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. Go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe and like and share the Heroes Arise podcast and do the same with videos on the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. Merry Christmas. Thanks for being with me. We'll see you again next week for the last Heroes Arise of 2020.